listening to the Section 5 Podcast. Alright, what's good everyone? Welcome back. You're listening to Episode 4 of the Section 5 Podcast. I'm G Webster, at GJ Webster one on the Twitter feed. I'm here, of course, with Mark, Trey, Adam, special guest B. Jizzle, Bobby Goss is in the house today. Um, we're fresh off of open practice right over here at the TD Garden. It was a cool event, so we're going to give you guys sort of our gut reactions to that. Um, hopefully that you got a chance to listen to our last episode and got to know us a little bit better. We tried to answer the question, who the hell are these guys, and it was a really funny episode uh, we went over some cool topics random topics and I think you really got to get a sense of who we are what our personalities are sort of how we got into basketball and sort of our love for the game so feel free to go back and take a listen to that again if you haven't already um, you can catch us on Spotify Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Google Play SoundCloud and the full press app um, thank you Ian for hooking us up with that again as usual um, please go like rate review and subscribe really help us out um, we, we're trying to get more followers on the podcast. We really want your feedback, sort of what we could do better, what you like. And also feel free to send us questions um, on Twitter, at Section 5, S-E-C-T-I-O-N, the number 5, I-V-E. Always looking for questions that we can sort of use for topics to discuss on the podcast. Um, so we have a couple of good topics for you today. Um, we're going to get into a little bit of Gordon Hayward, um, Jalen Brown contract situation. Um, but first, we kind of want to start off, well, before I start, just saying what's up to everybody, making sure everybody's alive and here, paying attention on your P's and Q's. Um, anybody got any plugs for themselves or whatever before I let them know what the rundown is? I, I got nothing. This is what I do. This is it for me. Yep. Um, nothing over here. Tra- yep. Training camp is um, upon us right now. Celtics have preseason starting tomorrow. Um, Trey has his Jalen Brown jersey on. Mark has his vintage Kemba. Adam's repping the Patriots. <laughs> Bob's a dot rat right now. He got the dot rat t-shirt. Shout out to Dorchester. Sure. And I'm repping my Celtic snapback. So, yeah, we're going to get into Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, um, sort of ranking the East. Got some hot takes and some bold predictions. Um, but first, we just kind of want to get, you know, everyone's reactions to the open practice. Sort of, sort of what do you guys think about it this year? Uh, so this was the first time I've gone, uh, and uh, it was uh, it was a pretty cool event. Uh, for a big chunk of it, we were right there, and you can see some of that stuff on our Instagram, on Facebook, or wherever I, I posted a, f- a few clips. But we were in line for the little yard sale, I guess they called it, mm-hmm. uh, where they're selling all types of old merch. They had a Chris Humphreys jersey signed. If you want that, no after one did. a few detours, they, yeah. And so after a few detours, we found our way there. But we were right along the baseline for probably the first half of it while we were waiting in that line. Yeah. Uh, in no hurry to get up there because we found out it was cash only when we got up there, and uh, none of us had cash. So I had cash. Um, you had a yeah. You had I had a little bit of cash. Uh, I was at the dollar menu. <laughs> right. I was right? shopping at the dollar menu. Yeah, but uh, we uh, uh, we got to see uh, see the team up close. Uh, Taco is a mountain of a man. We knew that, but seeing him up close is just it's something to behold being. You know, 10, 20 feet away from him. It was crazy. Uh, and the team just really seemed to like each other, which I think was uh, a nice welcome change. So you get to see kind of the camaraderie building with the team early on. So it was a, it was a cool event and uh, uh, definitely worth doing. And if you can get tickets next year, definitely do it. Take a, sh- uh, take a shot, get down there, and get up close, get a lot closer than you can get normally when you just go to a regular game. 
Yeah, last year, I thought you were there with us, but last year, we were there, me, Adam, and Trey, for the infamous announcement. So, no announcement this year. When we first got in, like, they had the yard sale on the, uh, the, the floor by the baseline. So, it took us, like, three different folks giving us directions to get down there. First, it was just take the steps. You can go right in. We took the steps down. We got turned around. We went back up. They told us, oh, no, just go over to the next section and go right in. That was wrong. Then we were told to go take the elevator. Walk into the elevator. Somebody else told us they had a better shortcut. One guy jumped in and just said, no, nah, take the stairs. It was like it was like being on the T if you're not from Boston and somebody <laughs> giving you directions. Right. And then we get down to the tunnel. It was me, Bob, and Mark at the time. And it was like Disney almost. Like you're in a long line. Yep. You don't know what's around the corner. Like you're wondering when the hell is this going to be over. So we finally got took that right where we could see the court. You know, you're like, oh, I can see the court. And then that's right when the Celtics players came out. Right. So at that point, like, we didn't even give a shit about the yard sale. Like, yeah. We were just hanging around. They weren't making us move. So we were right on the baseline when all the players come out. When we got to, like, like Mark said, we got to stay there for, like, at least half of the... Right. And we could have stayed there longer if we wanted, but we kind of started moving along to, like, not be in the way of other people. I actually bought a couple of things from the dollar bin and... Um, I bought a Celtics warm-up for like 20 bucks. It was just pretty nice. sick. But the difference this year was like, you know, there was less announcements, not just Kyrie, but, you know, in general. Jalen did, did his spiel at the end of the game. Um, and they haven't done an actual practice with like a scrimmage in like five years. I remember they did that once. Like they had a scrimmage and Stevens was coaching and like they're playing against each other. But they today they just did basically like, Drills. It, it looks like they kind of did some ran the offense a little bit, a mm, little bit. Um, minor pick and rolls, minor yeah. you know pick and pops and stuff like yep, that. Yeah, swing into the for the corner three. Um, Carol Lawson was was uh, shitting on Marcus Smart mm-hmm. for a little bit. I saw that, peeped that a little bit. Um, Taco hit a a baseline jumper, and this was when we were right down on the baseline by the uh, by the yard sale. And uh, it was the uh, the Mark Blunt special, you know, 17 feet. Uh, he hit it, and the crowd around it just went nuts. <laughs> it was uh, one of the loudest, most probably the second loudest moment of the of the day, with the uh, the loudest being when he got knocked out of the knockout, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, knockout. They did knockout last year. They brought it back this year. Um, just after all the chaos from last year, I just thought it was good to have good vibes right. at the start mm-hmm. of this year. Um, because last year we went through a lot. So to be at this point, new season, with all players excited to be Celtics, it's a great feeling, good vibes at the Garden. Yeah, it's a a hard reset. Yeah, when Kyrie made the announcement last year, it seemed like it caught some of the other players off guard. Like, Mm. I don't know. I guess it's hindsight, but looking back, it didn't seem like they were all super excited about it. Like... Mm. It was just kind of like, oh, right? We didn't know that. That's news yeah. to us. Even though yeah. he said in the beginning of it, as I told some of my teammates. Mm-hmm. So I guess he might have went to, like, you know, maybe Al's house or something like that. And Gordon. Gordon told them. Yeah. But no one else knew it. But this year, it was a sense, like, you did. I think we were all kind of watching for how the players interacted with each other. Mm-hmm. More so than, even though Jalen was on fire. But more so than, you know, shots and stuff like that. They seemed to, like, get along and, like, I kept my eye on Grant Williams a lot, mm-hmm. and he kind of came in as advertisers, like that guy who's like kind of goofy, but you know, lightening the mood, you know, interacting with all the players. He's new, but they all seem to like him. So 
I think I was telling you, Mark, like it just feels like there's a good it's it's open practice. They right. haven't lost the game yet. But if it was like good vibes right, right now. Yeah, they're they're out on the court, they're having fun. And it's the first time I've seen this team have fun on the court in a year. Yeah. Gordon Gordon had a nice a nice like Chris Weber style um pump. Yeah, you know, puts the ball behind his head, jam with two hands. That was that was impressive to see. He 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 it looked like the uh, I dare to say it looked like the old Gordon just got off the ground and just flushed it. And he had a big ass smile on his face, a big grin on his face, like, yeah. Yep. Y'all seen that shit. So uh, so that was cool. Anybody else? Yeah, I mean, it sucks to say from all the positivity that I've seen and heard from this team the last couple of days. I mean, especially in the beginning of camp and throughout the, all the, the off season. But, guys, I'm just scarred from last year, man. Like, I just, I'm just waiting for, all right, what's going to happen? Like, what drama is going to happen this year that's going to, you know, maybe not tear this team apart, but just cause, like, some, some sort of friction? Is it going to be... Uh, some tough losses. Is it going to be Jalen's going to be asked every week about his contract? Like, what's going to happen? And I'm hoping nothing happens. I'm hoping this is just a honeymoon through the whole season. But, yeah, last year just took, took a real bad mental toll on me that I'm just kind of expecting the worst and just something bad's going to happen. But, see, I'm not trying to be too doom and gloom. But. When you say that, I'm not worried as much about what happened last year. I'm more worried about what happened two years ago. When Gordon got hurt five minutes into the season, and, mm. and you're suddenly like, "Oh shit, this is kind of over." Um, yeah, that's more the worry that I, I would have if uh, if everything were to go off the rails. Mm. Uh, I just don't think that this team, with Kyrie being out of there, mm. is going to have those chemistry issues and you know, rip themselves apart and kind of break up into factions or cliques or whatever you want to call it. It just doesn't have that feeling anymore now that he's gone. Yeah, last year was, I think we can agree, last year was definitely an outlier. When you're talking about all the Brad Stevens teams, mm-hmm. like what they're known for, what their identity has been, like even though the ex- expectations were what they were because of the talent. But to me, it was definitely an outlier. Like I'm not expecting the season to go the way it did last year because we don't have those same problems. And I know we just amongst ourselves talked a little bit about um, – Chris Mannix's uh, podcast, The Crossover, and he had Mike Gorman. First, he had um, Bob Ryan, Scal, and Adam Adam Himmelsbach from The Globe just talking about the Seas. But then he had Mike Gorman on, who I think we he's one of the most trusted voices. Sure. You know, not just because he's a broadcaster, but... He's, he's been there. Yeah, like he's years. there. And he, and, he, and he said a lot of revealing things yeah. about Kyrie. Like, one was that he said, you know... In two years, the guy may have said ten words to me. Right. And I was like, really? He's like, you know, you'd be on the, I'd be on the elevator with him, and he wouldn't say a word. And I'm like, is this fucking Mike Gorman? Like, right. How how do you not? If you're Kyrie Irving, how do you not converse with Mike Gorman on the elevator? And it made me kind of think that that whole conversation that he had with Bob Cousy in that special mm-hmm. was just fucking bullshit. Mm, yeah. Like it was it was just straight acting. All fluff. Yeah. Which which now I'm starting to come around to what Trey said. Maybe the commercial was just an act, just to kind of get the heat off of him for a year, and he didn't mean none of it. And I'm like, wow. But but and, and then also Mike Gorman said Kyrie was a jerk, which we kind of saw, uh, especially saw, later in the you know, year. I think the first year he told the fan to suck his dick in Philly. Well, that was in Philly. That was which I loved. It, I loved but it. It's a jerk. It's cool <laughs> with me. You know, he said fuck Thanksgiving. He won sixteen straight. I I like. I personally like Thanksgiving. 
It's like <laughs> Christmas, but you don't have to buy anyone anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got football all day. Yeah, yeah you got yeah. football. So I, I and I like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, you're cool with me. Um, and then, but then Gorman said he put 85 percent of the blame on Kyrie from last year. And just not to go, not to rehash last season, but just to say why I feel like yeah, even more of a reason why last season was an outlier. Because right. you don't have Kyrie there, and on the flip side, you have Kemba, who signed for four years, bought in. Not not to mention he has a dis- different personality, but he's he's here to stay at least for four years, we think. Um, and speaking of uh, Kemba, me and Bob were were lucky enough to uh, sneak our way into the courtside seats in the second row. Um, and there was some kid who was just relentless, like. He had to be like eight or nine. And he didn't give a shit. Like he had, he's like Romeo, Romeo, Romeo. Like we needed him. So yeah, we needed this we needed kid. So him. the kid got Kemba's attention, and um, yeah, we needed him because um, before he was yelling, there was somebody else yelling at Romeo, kind of heckling him. So we thought it was gonna screw everybody over with you know getting autographs and being able to interact with the players. So. Thankfully, that kid behind us was Han and Kemba. So he um, he he asked Kemba like, "Oh, you promise you're gonna come back?" And Kemba said, "Yeah, I got you. I got you." So we knew right then and there that we had a good shot yep. of uh, meeting them. And nice. Kemba sure comes back. Kemba came. Kemba over. comes back. He's like, "Kemba, remember what you said?" And then Kemba's kind of like, "Oh fuck, come on, kid." So Kemba, <laughs> so Kemba waves the kid over, and of course that opened up the floodgates. And I was like three or four people behind that kid. And I would have been second if, but I let some other little kids go in front of me. It was only right. So I had my season ticket booklet, which before we left, I was just about to leave it and not bring uh, it with me. I said, nah, fuck it, let me bring it. So I brought it, Kemba signed it, dapped me up, said welcome to Boston, and here comes Bob yep. with the coming down the, cutting down the lane with his, with his Jordan 10 in hand. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, hey, oh. For yeah. anybody that don't know, <clears throat> um, Kemba rocks 10s. He always rocks 10s. Yeah, he's always playing in the 10s. Which I think personally are the most comfortable basketball sneaker to play in. You can buy them brand new and don't blister. Perfect give, perfect traction. So I thought it would be dope to try to get my 10 signs because he's been wearing the same Orlando 10s all summer. Today he actually had the Desert Storm 10s on. So yep. he did He did sign my uh, Orlando 10s yep. and uh, dapped me up. I said, welcome to the bean. He said, yep. no doubt. Good we got looks. it on video so you can check that on the Section 5 Instagram. Yep. Um, and we'll get it up on Facebook and all that. So that was cool. And I like me and Bob yeah, were saying afterwards, I'm like, I don't know if Kyrie would have did that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm still starstruck from it, honestly. Yeah, that, so. that was cool. Kimball was a good dude. Definitely. Dapped us up. He was as advertised. So, um, I mean, there's not much more to talk about with open practice, I don't think. Um, so, I mean, so basically this is like the unofficial kickoff for the season. We got a new team. New players, some returning. So I guess, like, who, who's the player that you guys are, like, most excited for going into the season? What, whatever, define that as however you want. But who are you most excited for? Um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm most excited for Cantor. And there's he's not the best player on the team. We know that. There are holes in his game. But the reason I'm excited for him is he's the best rebounder this team has had in a very long time. Uh, so it's KG? Probably, yeah. Uh, you see this uh, uh, last year's team or even the, the teams before that, they'd be prone to giving up these huge runs. Uh, 
the Clippers game comes to mind last year. Uh, they just they blow leads. They have times where they go you know six eight minutes scoring you know one bucket or not scoring at all. Uh, but I think Cantor is going to really help that uh, just because he is one of the best offensive rebounders in the league. Uh, I have a, a couple of numbers here. He's been the top five, in the top five in offensive rebounds three times. He was sixth last year uh, in 24 minutes per game. Uh, his offensive rebound percentage was second last year. He was first the year before. Uh, and his offensive rebounds per, uh, per 36 minutes was second to Andre Drummond. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, so... Uh, He's going to clean up the, the mess. When they go cold, he's going to be there to, to clean it up, put it back, or, or kick out to, to an open man. Uh, he could really help stop that bleeding. Any, any uh, downside to, to his game? Yeah, he doesn't play defense. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's, that's you know, an issue. We've heard that about a lot of guys who've come to this team. Right. And then, yeah. like, even Kyrie became a, a yeah. He's defender. He wasn't a turnstile. His, uh, his issue is uh, if, you, if you get him... You know, out on uh, out on the wing or away from the basket, he's a turnstile. But he uh, he tr- he contests shots. He's uh, he's pretty good in the restricted area. Uh, so he can if you can keep him to that part of the court on D and yeah. figure out a way to, to work that so he doesn't have to go outside of his comfort zone. He cannot kill you on defense. Yeah, I think the key is like playing drop back defense with with Cantor. So have him space himself out where it's mm-hmm. where he's not you know going to give the defender too much the offense too much ground mm-hmm. right i mean and he could score at the basket and marcus smart had a pretty interesting uh comment the other day they were asking him about you know al's gone and you know are you concerned about big men who can't shoot and he's like honestly like i love al but we need some big men who can score at the basket like right. we have enough shooters and i yeah. was like thank you marcus like yeah, we're, we're going to miss that aspect of Al stretching the offense, I mean, stretching the defense, playing a stretch four, stretch five, but Al wasn't scoring at the basket. And having someone who can have post moves and score at the basket is just going to open it up for everybody else. Right. Which so. brings me to why I'm excited to see Grant Williams play, because he's mm-hmm. a four. He can stretch the floor. Um, you know, you would think that he can play sort of the facilitator if he has the ball in his hands. You know, the more that he gets comfortable in the role, um, and then just the small things on and off the court. You know, he's going to do, like, the small things. He's going to build camaraderie for the team. Um, so I like that aspect for Grant Williams. So that's why I'm excited to see him. But, like, for from a basketball perspective, I'm excited to see Carson Edwards. Um, I just think he's going to be a bucket. All He could be a bucket all year. Depends on, you know, the playing time that Brad Stevens gives him. But... You know, I think that he can come off of screens, make make shots, make twos, make threes. Um, I just think that he's ready to go, um, and Grant's ready to go as well. He kind of he's 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 pretty built. Like we were looking at Carson Edwards on the baseline, he's like yeah, he's, he's short, like but a football player. yeah, he's, he's kind of like a running back kind of size. Yeah, the man, first like, thing that that struck me with him is uh, I. He, he was right on the baseline with us. He was on our end of the court. Dude's got running back legs. He's yeah, got three trunks. Yeah, he's got he's got like Jamal Anderson legs because we're old. Um, dude's just got not like, quite Jamal Anderson. Right. Yeah. Nobody's got I Jamal get your Anderson point. Legs, I get your but point. Yeah. He's. Uh, it, it looked just like almost out of proportion, but in in a way that's not going to hinder him. So that was interesting. I didn't expect him to be to be that big, that cut. So I'm doing some workouts with Carol Lawson. Um, mm-hmm. in one of the training camp videos 
and he just seems like he knows how to, or they're working on him, get into his spots. Mm -hmm. So whether that's coming off screens, anyway, they're just getting to him coming off uh, and picking his spots where he'll be comfortable making shots. So yeah, I he, think he's ready to. His game's not like Draymond, but he just reminds. But but he was an established college player like Draymond was, who fell to the second round for whatever reason, but has some skills that definitely translate to the NBA. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why he was a second rounder is because of his height. Yeah. Like that he was he was inconsistent in college too. Okay. His, his shooting his shooting was up and down. Mm -hmm. Uh he it looks like it will probably it's probably because he is physically a great shooter but mm -hmm. puts up a lot of bad shots because he was relied upon I mean, to Romeo, just be the guy for Romeo Langford was inconsistent and was a lottery pick. So yeah. I mean just just because he's six, he's like six seven. Yeah. Like, yeah. But but no, I get your point. I'm I don't watch a ton of college ball. Something so about a guy that knows how to score when they come in the game, like Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. You know, he, Lou Williams. Yep. Mm -hmm. You can start them; they can come off the bench, but they're gonna get their buckets. Yeah. Do we see Grant Williams or Carson Edwards making any of the all rookie teams? Mm, I mean, it's all about minutes. Yeah, it's tough. I, I think Grant's got a better shot because I think he has a uh, a better path to playing time, uh, to consistent minutes. Uh, because we were talking about this uh, a little bit, uh, Adam. Uh, I'm kind of worried about them at the at the four spot because they're really undersized there. Uh, so so Grant's got a chance to right away establish himself and, and get some 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 big minutes if he can if he can play well and if he can handle the speed of the game right away, which is usually a problem with. I think with Carson Grant's. has a good chance, maybe a better chance, only because I definitely think Grant's going to get the most minutes. But he's going to do the shit that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. solid screens, being in the right place on the defensive rotations, you know, you know, um, not taking a contested, you know, mid-range shot. Like he's going to he's gonna be – Stevens is going to be in his head and Stevens is going to have his trust. So he'll get the minutes. I just feel like in less minutes, Carson Edwards might pile up a little bit more stats, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, early on, he uh, Carson's probably – not going to get a lot of attention from the defense. He's he's probably he's going to have to prove that in the league. He's going to, but if he hits a couple open jumpers early, maybe teams will start to account for him. But I think he's going to have a shot where he'll be able to to score pretty quickly because he's going to be, at least if you're looking at it from afar, maybe the third or fourth option on the floor. Could he average six points? You guys think for sure? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think so. I mean, that's two threes a game. So he can definitely will come to the game, points. get two threes a game. He definitely. If he doesn't average six points, he's probably not gonna get it like they need him to come in there and score the basket exactly he's not he's not in there to be a defensive stopper mm -hmm. uh adam who do you who do you have kind of as your, the guy you're excited about um i'm excited to see how jalen brown builds on his momentum from the second half of last year mm -hmm. um and in the summertime and playing for team usa like he was like just a way more efficient players last year in the second half than he was the first i mean his percentages were just like crazy how different they were like first half of the year he was at 45%, he upped that to 50 second half of the year. Three-pointers, he was at 32. He went to 41 for the second half of the year. Um, I think he's pretty much, other than, you know, Kemba, but maybe as a wing, he's probably our best wing that could get to the hoop at any time he wants. Mm -hmm. If he's, if he, you know, he's he's cut down on his leaky ball handling, I mean, I think that's the only thing that's really stopping Jalen is just having the, the control, playing the game at the right speed, and, you know, you can see him getting better at that instead his of just... pace. Yeah, his pace. He needs to get yeah. his pace right and just his handling right, but, I mean, we could be looking at a max player here by the end of the year if everything goes well with him. I just, did, you guys all seen Avatar? 
Yeah. Like, I used to always compare Jalen, like, when in Avatar, the guy first gets in his suit, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to control it. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. just like, he has all this all these abilities, but he's just, he's flying all doesn't over the place. And now it's like, Jalen seems to have honed in on his skill. And at least in terms of the ball handling, if he's going straight to the basket, that may not be as relevant. Yeah. You know, yeah. you kind of want him doing one, two dribbles to the basket, to the that's hoop. it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But... If he's in summer league, then yeah, he's gonna be crossing up everybody. Yeah, but well, I mean, I'm I'm just talking about hoping that he could get to that next level. Of yeah, just, for sure. You know, being that player where. Um, for me, I mean, the easy one for me is Kemba, obviously, mm-hmm. because it's like, you you don't you don't appreciate guys like that. I mean, yeah, he's wearing green, that helps. But when you get to see some of these guys, like even when Aaron Baines was like that with me, like when I actually saw Aaron Baines play in person a bunch of times like damn Aaron Baines is actually pretty good he's not he's not a star center but he was such an upgrade over anything we had had this guy's actually like a professional basketball player um but but I think I'm I'm excited about uh Time Lord I'm excited about Robert Williams I think he's probably He's one of the most exciting players on the team just because you know he can he can sky, he can get up there. Yeah. Um and he he flashed some skill last year. And you know, I think he I think he was averaging like almost two and a half blocks a game. And he only played like, you know, seven minutes yeah. or something like yeah. that. Um and if he's really learned how to be sort of like a quarterback on the defense, he could potentially be in the starting five and we're gonna get into that. But he just has the athleticism, um, that that brings a different dynamic to the offense and the defense. Mm-hmm. He can play above the rim on both sides of the ball. And if he's sort of a little bit more comfortable in his rotations on both sides of the ball, um, and he ha- he can actually pass. He's a, he's a pretty good passer. He's an able and willing passer. And he we won't need this, but he has somewhat of a mid-range jump shot. I, I don't know what he has in terms of post moves, uh, but I'm excited about Robert Williams and... And of course, um, maybe transition to the next topic. Uh, I'm excited about Gordon Hayward. You know, I, w- I was amped when we signed Gordon Hayward. Same. I always say this like, I had him in the same tier, not the same, and not who's better, but I had him in the same tier as Paul George. And I was, and I definitely understood signing Hayward for free versus trading for Paul George at that time. Or at least, yeah. se- or at least sequencing it where, all right, we trade for Gordon, we, we signed Gordon first, and then we trade for Paul George. I was all for that. And, of course, Gordon gets dumped on because, you know, he broke his, his leg in half, and he hasn't been the same since. But um, what are you guys' expectations for Gordon going into this season? Um, I'm going to preface this with maybe I'm setting the bar too high. I'm expecting Utah Hayward. Um uh, I think he's he's back. He's he's young enough where this injury shouldn't be something that uh, permanently sends his career off track. Uh, Paul George came back from an injury a little different, but just as gruesome. It took him a year to get back. Uh, you know, hey, uh, Hayward. Uh, I actually saw a, a tweet from Jay King. Uh, Time Lord said uh, uh, it looks like it was actually from earlier today. Uh, he would get in at, uh, at 9 or 9.30 to work out, and Gordon Hayward's already finishing up his work. Uh, mm-hmm. And then his, his quote on his explosion said, he's just, uh, he just got it back, man. He's back. So coming from someone inside that locker room, I mean, yeah, it's preseason fluff, so you got to take Ina, that with a grain of salt. hyping him up, too. Yeah, so, uh, so he, uh, he sounds like he maybe has his, uh, his explosion back. 
Um, he's probably not going to have the same numbers he had when he was with Utah uh, because his usage will be a little lower. Mm-hmm. He was 21 points per game in his last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get there, mm-hmm. uh, but if he can uh, attack the basket more, he can be you know more efficient than he was last year. And when he does get the ball, look like that Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. that we that we signed for for big money uh, way way back then. Uh, the uh, the big difference with him is uh, last year was. He only got to the free throw line 2.6 times per game last year. His last surprise is that many. Right. His last few years in Utah, he was up around six. Yeah. So if he can get to the uh, to the basket and get back to the line a little more, you're going to see the points come up a little bit. Uh, so if he can get to you know, 15 or 16 points, five assists, some efficient shooting, I think that sounds reasonable. Yeah, definitely. I just want to add to that. Um, I also think that Hayward's going to have a better year just because we have Kemba Walker instead of Kyrie. Kemba, unlike Kyrie, moves without the ball. So we are in those half-court sets, and we want to keep things moving. If Hayward's running, if Hayward's bringing the ball up, Kemba will move without the ball, baseline to baseline, and I think that will help a great deal for Hayward as well. Yeah, he's probably our best playmaker off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he can make plays once he's once he's attacking the basket, and that's sort of one of the reasons that we we brought him here. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. He, he had, like I said, he had a nice dunk in the layup line. That I was like, okay, yeah. okay. And you raised my eyebrows a little bit. Too. Yeah, he's, and he seemed like he seemed like he he had confidence in himself again. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm back. Let's do this. Right. Um, Just going back off what you said, how we passed up trading for Paul George, we passed up Jimmy Butler um, to pursue Gordon Hayward because we had the money. He was going to be free, um, so we had Jalen. We got. Tatum, we drafted those guys, and we were able to sign Al and sign Gordon Hayward for free. So to me, I like those moves that we made. I would do it all over again mm-hmm. to bring in Gordon. Um, for this year, I would say maybe like 16, 5, and 4. That'd be great. Um, yep. I would love that from him. <laughs> um, if he could do that, I'd be happy with that. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I think for me, for Hayward, I mean, I'm looking for him to – you know, I'm not really too worried about his offensive game. I think that, you know, that's gonna, that's just going to come naturally for him the longer he gets further away from two years ago. Um, I want to see him not be a turnstile on defense like he was for the majority of last year. Before he came here, he was one of the best defending threes in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we need him to be. We need him to have a lot of focus on the defensive end. You know, maybe have the ball a little bit more in his hands on the offensive end just because... We know he's a great creator. We know he could get his own shot. We know he he could get someone else their own, you know, a shot that he could create for them. Um, but just I just want to see that consistency on the defensive end to be able to stay in front of threes in this league. Yeah, if he can get to to the line, and actually I think I think free throws per game might be the biggest, the most important stat for the Celtics this year. Like dudes need to get to the basket, uh-huh. and and pretty much if Jalen, Jason, and Gordon like. Each one of them individually, if they get into the line more, you're going to see their game just open up in so many ways for each other, for themselves, more points, you know, you know, more assists because they're drawing, they're drawing, you know, double teams sometimes. But just sort of to go back to what we were talking about this year versus last year. And yeah, I said, you know, last year was an outlier. But the one thing that's still lingering this year is if Gordon is back and Jalen is back making the strides that he's making and Jason's making the strides that he's making swapping Kemba for Kyrie doesn't necessarily solve the issues at the wing like if we have a glut of wings 
and they can't all get their shit off with each other on the floor, mm-hmm. which was a problem last year. Right. Last year was most of a problem because you had players resenting Gordon getting all that time, which we agree, like he needed to get those reps if we were going to be the team we wanted to be. But at the same time, you wanted to win games, and there were guys who were like kind of saying, hey, why is he playing? This year, I think his playing time will definitely be justified. But is it going to have the same impact where no one feels like they're reaching their potential on the team? That's sort of what I want to watch out for. And I think the burden is going to be on Gordon because, as I said, he's the best playmaker. So he's going to have to be able to sacrifice some of his scoring to open it up for Jalen and Jason. Uh, But nevertheless, I'm excited to see how that goes down. Um, Any last times about Gordon? So Gordon did not want to sign autographs, really. Um, and his wife kind of made him do it. So that same kid, <laughs> the same kid who was screaming for Romeo and Kemba was like, Gordon, Gordon, Gordon. And he's like, ah, oh, sorry, kid, sorry. And then first his daughters, his two little daughters saw him and kind of was like pointing to him like, Daddy, this guy's like screaming your name. And um, then Daddy wasn't trying to pay attention. You know, he had the daddy's always happy uh, look. So then the kids got uh, their mom, Gordon's wife, and kind of pointed to him like, um, so she waved them over. Security guards didn't want to let the kid come, but Ro- like Robin Hayward like overruled like yeah. <laughs> like you can see how she like runs shit in that household. <laughs> and so the security guard let him come, and then the floodgates started to open again. But Gordon just walked away. Um, but yeah, so that was cool. Um, so speaking of that whole dynamic of it, it's hot as hell in here, guys. I know it is. It's like. It's all right. We're in, we're in the Section 5 studios, but the AC's not working. It feels today. like the old garden. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like the old garden up in here. It is goodness. 82 and sunny in here right now because the sun is beaming right through um, the window on Canal Yeah, Street. so we're going to make this of, of less than a 60-minute episode. So you could have a log jam potentially at wing, or it could be a strength. But given that, what do you guys see the starting five shaping up to be? Um, I got it at... Right now at Kemba, Jalen, Tatum, Hayward, and Cantor. Um, I just think that's the, you know, the most experienced five that we got, really. You know, we got four guys that have played, well, three guys that have played with each other. You got Kemba that has played with Jalen and Tatum So, in the summertime, so they have a little camaraderie already. Who's your fifth? Cantor. Okay. I think I just think Cantor, you know, I know, I think offline we talked about, you know, Bob, get, Bob Williams stepping in there at the five and, you know, kind of getting those Baines minutes you know, about you know, 16 minutes a game with Cantor playing the rest of the five, mixed in with, you know, Tice and Poirier. But um, I just think the majority of the season we're going to roll with Cantor at the five right now. So I have the same five. Um, now, Tatum at the three versus Tatum at the four. How do you guys feel about that? Like, I just think that's interchangeable. He's going to have to play yeah. a four. Yeah, between yeah. I mean, that, that's interchangeable. Those three, I think, will be interchangeable. You know, Sorry. Thinking about the future... I prefer Tatum to be at the four rather than the three because then Jalen can slide over to the three. And you can either trade for it big or you can trade for it two. So, you know, Bradley Bill's out there. I'm not saying, you know, but he's out. Just technically, if you had Tatum at the four and you had Jalen at the three and you have Kemba at the one, there's that two open. You put that center there. So I want Tatum to be at the four. I'd rather him start there and then Gordon. You know, just kind of get in where he fits in. So no matter what happens from this point on, we can either add it to 
or add a big? I think I'm struggling with this because I think ideally you would have Marcus Smart in the starting lineup because he's going to bring that that dog, that defender, that guy who he's he's confident in his three now, so he he'll shoot it. He's always been confident, but he'll shoot it even more. But he sort of like doesn't necessarily need the ball to impact the game. Um, but it's after last year, it's going to be hard to bring to ask Jalen or Gordon to come off the bench again. Given that, I do feel like Robert Williams is a better fit with, we know Kevin Stein. So Robert Williams to me is a better fit with those guys because for the same reasons why we throw Marcus in there is that Cantor kind of gets the ball in the post. I mean, he can score off of uh, offensive rebounds, like we said, but he has some really good post moves. Um, He can score at the basket and that may not ideally be the best fit with the rest of those guys starting the game. So I'd say Kemba, Jalen, Jason, Gordon, and Time Lord. That 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 would be my that would be my expected starting five going into the season. I think we might see a little bit of uh, a variance based on the matchup, but uh, I went with Kemba, Smart, Tatum, Hayward, and Cantor. Uh, I was looking at last year, uh, last year's numbers, and that is not going to be a, a total indicator, but uh, they had a bunch of guys who were right around that like 26, 27-minute mark, and uh, one of those was Jalen, who's noticeably absent from my starting five, but he started uh, 25 games last year, uh, and he, ha- he was right at like 26 minutes, same as Gordon, uh, about a minute and a half less than Smart and Morris, so he... Um, uh, he can still make that big impact and essentially be a starter, but be that first guy off the bench. Uh, because I think uh, starting Marcus Smart, I think, is probably the, the best way to go to kind of set that tone. He is really the default leader of the team. Uh, so, so I think you want to start him, and uh, I don't want to take Tatum out. Obviously, Kemba's starting. Uh, and uh, I guess I've, I think maybe getting Hayward, Hayward or Tatum in at the four, I think is probably a better way to, to go. Uh, but I think we're going to see a few different starting lineups between you know, rest days or uh, just making a switch based on matchups. So um, that's, uh, that's kind of what I got, but it's, uh, but it's subject to change, and I, I think it's one of their strengths because they could be a team that really has uh, you know, six or seven kind of starters, uh, even if they aren't the guys who, who are on the, on the court for the jump. Yeah, I feel like as long as Jalen is on the court at the end of the game, then yep. that's that's something that you know. So, so Jalen to that, what do you think would be the final your final five on the on the court? Um, I would say Kemba, Tatum, Hayward, Jalen, and I'm probably depends on how well Grant does. Um, so you could throw Grant in there, you can throw another guard in there, or you can throw Robert Williams in there for defense. It's situational. Right. If you need a bucket, go with Cantor. Um, but you could just have five wings on the floor. Right. Just go go small. I, I am 100% with you. That's basically ex- exactly what I was thinking. Uh, it's going to really depend on matchup. See, they, it really is. I, I when just, we play against Philly, we're going to have to have two bigs out there. I think is we chased after yep. Kevin uh, Kevin Dur- not Kevin Durant Anthony Davis for years and that 
We wanted him to be our big man. And now that he's on the Lakers and you got Joel Embiid on the Sixers, you got Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota, if you just look around the league and you see where the bigs are, not every team has a big of that caliber. You know, but also, neither, your, the, neither one of those teams made the playoffs last year. True. I mean, and, and I I struggle with the matchup-based thing because I think we need predictability. I think people need to know their roles. I think people need to know what their playing time is going to be. Like, everything can't – and sometimes we need to make some teams adjust to us. That's what I'm Like, we can't at. always be the ones where we're switching our lineups based on who we're playing. Like, that's the one thing that aggravates me about Stevens. And I, I understand the, the, the rationale behind it. Um, but you have to impose your will on the game. So clearly, when you have Embiid and Al and all those big guys, how do we match up with them on the flip side? How do they match up with us? Is Embiid going to be able to go if, if, Jaylen's, if, J, if Jason Tatum's playing the five? Hypothetically. Let's say you have Kemba, Smart, Jalen, Jason, Gordon. Can, is Embiid going to be able to go out and defend Jason Tatum? No. No. On the block or, or at the three, so like I, I just I just whatever it is, as long as the team knows what it's gonna be, then I'm cool with it. Yeah, and it when I say situational, it might not necessarily even come down to who's on the other side. It might come down to if you're if you need a bucket, Cantor's your guy. If you have a, okay. a little bit of a lead and you you really need to just block it down. Now, time words in there, uh, so some of that situation I think is going to dictate it. Uh, but uh, you know, also you could be maybe looking at attacking their weakness uh, by switching in a different guy. I mean, um, it's like we have guards, so we have to take advantage of that. We've got to play. I mean, our strength is our play. wings, right? Exactly. Yeah, we, we have the best collection wings. of wings potentially in the league, but in the East for sure. I mean, obviously we can't match Deepest up for sure. Yeah, I mean Paul George and, and the Clippers on the flip side of the coin. Like, who's their big man? Exactly. I think they Arrow. have a they have a good Arrow's and Harold's like six like six, six seven. I mean they now they have Paul George and Kawhi. They so have a similar yeah, situation cool, to us, except like you said, yeah. Paul George Kawhi. So so I mean speaking of matchups with Philly or whomever else, um, actually one what's one more loose in the tie up is during the Spencer Dinwiddie podcast, he kind of threw that out there as a re as as a difference between. Kenny Atkinson and the Nets is that everyone knew what their role was, you know, going into the game. And it's a different, whole different situation, but it seemed to be kind of giving you a, a glimpse into what Kyrie was saying about the team and about Steven's coaching style. Like, yeah, like you never know what you're gonna get with this guy. It's like it's like college or high school where you know you gotta you gotta beat out your man every practice, and this is the pros. But we'll see how it goes. The no calling the timeout thing drives me crazy. So I'm hoping that yeah. say we do. The other team goes on like a seven zero run. Call the timeout. Don't let them ride it out. Like that's a results based business. Because if you think back to Super Bowl against Seattle, I think we were all screaming for Belichick to call a timeout. True. And he did not. And you saw what happened. Um, and and I remember Phil Jackson used to do that a lot. I think Pop does that a lot. Like I think the most prepared team, if there's chaos, whoever's more prepared can kind of have the upper hand. But there are times where you need to like call the fucking timeout. Yeah. But like, it, it all it's like it all depends on how the play ends up. Is all I'm saying is like, yeah, if he didn't call, call the timeout and it worked out, great. But if he if it turned the shit, then you're gonna criticize him. Yeah, and, and that um, and that's that thought's there because we've seen this team just even when they start strong, uh, sometimes go off on like be on the ass end of a twenty-five to two run, and you're like, 
we got to do something to stop this. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. just snowballing. You does need to stop, bro. Right. Those are the last those, year. Those, oh those my god, god. that was yeah. the thing about last year. They'd be like the thirty to five runs. Like yeah, and it's not the thirty to five run and say, oh well, there's that Clippers game. Which oh my is the goodness. second time I'm mentioning that because I want to self inflict pain. I that guess. was tough. But they did. They had games like that a few different times. Like it was crazy. Um, so kind of moving on. Um, new team. A um, lot of player movement. So, how do you guys see the East shaking out this year? Uh, if we can kind of maybe like rank them. You know who's coming out the playoffs in the East next year. <coughs> you know one one through eight. I guess you have to determine who's not gonna make it, who made it last year, um, and who will make it that didn't. Yeah. Kawhi's gone. I mean, from, they're still in. Yeah, for sure. But so so, do we still have the Bucks? I got the Bucks one as the number regular season seeding. Right. We still have the Bucks. I, I got the Bucks one. Okay, Bucks one. There's some continuity. They lost Malcolm Brogdon, um, and didn't really add anyone else. They got they got the they got the best player, and often in this league, especially in the regular season, like the best player is is going to be near the top, especially when he's as yeah. dominant as uh, as yeah. Giannis is. And, and nobody was really able to slow them down right. uh, with all those shooters, um, even when Brogdon was out. So I guess we got the Bucks at one, and at two, Philly. I got the C's. I got the C's. I had Philly at one. Man, I don't see that Philly experiment going well. I got C's at two. I want to put us at two, and I want. I also want Philly to put their money with the Melvins, and then end up number two. Now, in the regular season, so who name someone on Philly's team outside of the starting five? Name one Trey, player, like Trey Burke, just because I know. Okay, so. like we we watch a lot of ball, right? Do they still have McConnell? Let's. How many Philly players can we name? Let's go, Trey Burke. Off the bench. Uh, but besides the starting five that we're Jonah expecting. Bolden. Let's, okay. Let's see. Uh, Jonah Derek, Bolden. Derek Coleman, Michael Cage, Allen Iverson, <laughs> Jerry Stackhouse, uh, Tom McCulloch, Scott Williams. Who who else do we have? I honestly, I'm gonna have to. Like, and I'm, this is like I'm being like obviously yeah. I'm, it's funny, but I'm serious. Like, but I got Philly at one, and then two through six, I just got to the crapshoot between Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Toronto, Celtics, and Pacers. So when you have thirty, so Al was on load management last mm-hmm. year, right? So you have a load management management guy there to back up Embiid, who's also who's a load, load management, management guy. guy. <laughs> so Al's gonna like. You got old ass Al, old Al, mm-hmm. as the as the insurance policy you, on him. You watch your mouth on that. Old ass Al is younger than us, okay? He he, Al Horford <laughs> is younger. Except than for me. Trey, he <laughs> is younger than me. I, I shit. We're I like Tito's age. Damn it. <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not buying it. I'm not buying Philly right now. I think Josh Richardson is out of place. Who's gonna shoot? Um, Ben Simmons still cannot shoot. He's still going to be a liability, especially when he plays the Cs, because we know how to attack him. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Matisse Thibel, the rookie. Uh, okay. That drafted, or that we drafted. That's another officially. guy we didn't name. Um, he's uh, uh, projects to be a, a 3 and D guy in the NBA. He's a good defender. What, like, he's going to be a good pro. Uh, what's, Tobias, what's Tobias Harris's... Uh, what's his salary? 31 mil. <laughs> I gotta, I got that what's, his, what's, his, what's his role? I think I think Al, as Marcus Smart pointed out, doesn't really attack the basket. 
and B can play well at the basket as much as he likes to shoot the three. So them two can fit together well, I think. Mm-hmm. But then Tobias isn't really a three. How could we forget Philly legend Mike Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Did he punch somebody at a at an Eagles game? Was it him that yeah, got into a mean, fight at the Eagles yeah, game? Yeah, he's a Washington fan, and to, he got into to, a little brawl. With to be fair, a lot of people punch people at Eagles games. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they throw batteries. So we <laughs> right. we have some disagreement on Philly, Philly here. Yeah. B. Jizzle has him as the number I'm one. I'm high seed. on Philly. I, I, I can see them being two or three. Now. I I can see them being two. I think Milwaukee's definitely better. Um, I just don't see those pieces fitting. Basically, well. it, the reason why I have them there is because la- it has to do with the Celtics and the way we were perceived last season. Everybody thought we were going to be one of the best teams. And now this year coming in, I feel like we're going to be three or four. Everybody's going to pencil us in at three or four. I think we're going to exceed four. Now, whether it's Agreed. two or three is the question mm-hmm. behind Milwaukee. Like you said, they have the camaraderie. They've been together. Philly's just got so, together. So think about just it. Like us. You so, lose, You lose Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick. You add Al Horford and Josh, J- Richardson. Josh, Josh Richardson. Richardson. I think Reddick's a bigger loss for them. Yeah. Because they, they don't yeah. have a replacement for that. Josh no. Richardson's great on defense. They're starting five is almost as good on defense as the Clippers. You can't even play defense in the NBA anymore. <laughs> you, can't, you can't even. Very true. You can't hand check. But, you can't. But with length, their length, Philly's length is scary. They're just they're excessively tall at every position. And they can move them Philly around. Philly should be able to win regular season games. So yeah. we have Philly, Boston, and Milwaukee as the top three in yeah. some order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Bob, you have them, you have a clear one. You say two to six is a little bit more interchangeable. It's tough because of the divisions, and I think that us, Toronto, Philly... But this, I don't think they up. use divisions for seeding anymore. Oh, okay, that's right. I, th- I think it's just one through eight, right? I believe but so. But I just think we play them more, which so we'll kind of take each other so, out. So you play everyone in the East four times, regardless of division. Oh, okay. And we play everyone in the West twice. So, no, but, yeah. So, so we have those three. And this is where it starts to get interesting at the fourth seed. Um, Does anyone have a four that they really have conviction about, like being the best of the rest? I need to actually open up my app and look at these teams. Because I, I don't – I think I feel pretty confident about Toronto being number four. Uh, you know, they lost okay. Kawhi, but – they played really well when Kawhi wasn't there last year. They were, I forget what the number was, it was something like 16-4 and four or something when he didn't play. They so, lost Danny Green as well. Um, yeah, so they're, they're not going to be as good, obviously. I don't think they're contenders, but when I look at the other teams there, uh, left in the East, I, th- I think they're probably the best. Wow, I don't have them making the playoffs. All right. Wow. So much for that consensus. <laughs> <laughs> I have them at four, but I agree that they shouldn't make the playoffs. They've got old Marcus Hall. They they need to get rid of Serge Ibaka. Old Kyle Lowry. Um, yep, they got Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry needs to right. go. All they have is Siakam, and they need to build around Siakam. I love Siakam. So whatever they have to do to make that happen, make some trades. They yeah, should not finish fourth. But they they should. They could though. The, the Pacers played well without Oladipo. Mm-hmm. They're right. a good regular season. Team. And they added Malcolm Brogdon, mm-hmm. and Oladipo's going to come back. The, to use our I word, I think the Raptors are Spursy. Yeah. <laughs> the Raptors are kind of Spursy. Um, and Siakam's going to – I think it's all going to be about Siakam. Yeah. I think it's either the, – I mean, having – I thought maybe we could save that for the, the hot take. <laughs> yeah, start, that's but, uh, hot take. But I have the Raptors and the 
Pacers at that yeah. four. Yeah, five-ish. I got I got Indy five, but I uh, you can easily talk me into Indy over Toronto and have Toronto five. Like, I'm just putting Indy at five because of the slow start with Oladipo being out. So as of this point, we're pretty much mirroring the top five from last season, except for Adam. Except for Adam. So who's your who's, six, who, seven, eight. Who's your who's your fifth team? You know, you got Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Indy. I got Miami at five. You got Miami. Okay. I think that you know Adebayo is is gonna he's been he's a really good player and I think he's gonna take a jump playing with Butler. Um, no white side, so that's a plus for yeah, them. Yeah, no white side's a plus. I mean, they got. <clears throat> I just think they got a solid team. Spolster's a really good coach, and coach. I got yeah, Spolster man. Coach Spo. I too um, have Miami at five because I think Jimmy's gonna come in and he's gonna be the best player on that team. Um, I. Do but not have Miami at five. I don't think Chicago ever was above like the eighth seed when Jimmy was running the show there. I got Miami fighting it out with Atlanta for the eighth seed. All right. So last year we had Brooklyn six, Orlando seven, Detroit eight, which means I think we're saying Orlando and Detroit don't make the playoffs next I year. Al- I got Orlando seven seed. I got. I got Orlando I mean, what seven I got, as well. I got um. So Brooklyn the, doesn't make it. We got those top five, right? I got I got the Hawks at six, uh, and then for the last two spots, Brooklyn, Orlando, Miami, Detroit, and I just highlighted all them in red in no particular order because I'm not really sure how that's going to go. Uh, I got Brooklyn, fi- Orlando, Miami, Detroit. For that's fi- nine. That's nine teams though. For, no, fighting it out for the last. Two oh, spots. fighting it out. Yeah. So I, I got. I got my top six, the five we talked about, plus the Hawks. Then I got Brooklyn, Orlando, Miami, Detroit for those last two spots. Uh, so I, I kind of lean Orlando. Brooklyn's got the best player physically with Kyrie, but, you know, I, I, I really – I just don't see it with them. I just don't. I. No one has the Knicks. <laughs> I mean, they, they play us. They'll be better than Charlotte. <laughs> Taj Gibson. I don't know. I like T Row, man. I know we hate T Row around here, but I think uh, T Row's gonna show out. I, I like they ain't Terry making the playoffs Rose, though. They make the playoffs. Oh, the Hornets. Yeah, I think they're gonna be the worst team. Um, I, yeah, I think they're Michael, gonna get the Michael Kidd Gillis Chris is entering his tenth rookie season. <laughs> See, but it's all the Wizards are has show. to do with the stubbornness of the organization or what they do to add players. I mean, players can go out and play all they want, but what you know, teammates are out there on the floor, they can't handle that. I guess the, the big GM. question mark is Brooklyn. It seems like I got Brooklyn at eight. Brooklyn at eight. I got I got them at five. I, I kind of feel how you seven. feel about Brooklyn with, and how you feel about Philly with Brooklyn. That is just doesn't fit. I just don't see it, man. Like they have really good role players. They though. have great role players, and they had a guy last year that was like I don't want to call D'Angelo Russell like a glorified role player, but he was basically the one that had the ball in his hands for them by kind of by default when um. You know, Levert got hurt earlier on, and then they just didn't have really anybody that could really score and create their own shot. When Dinwiddie got, I think, got banged up as well right after he signed his extension. Um, so with Kyrie, it's like you just again you got a ball dominant guy, and the role players eventually do need the ball. Um, so I just I don't know. Like I'm kind of hesitant on how good Brooklyn is going to be, even with Kyrie and Atkinson and those guys. Again, so, I have. I have Miami at five because I think that Depot out means that they might drop down a bit. So I have Indy at six, then I have Brooklyn at seven, even though I could see Orlando getting that seven spot as well. So you're taking out Detroit? I'm taking out Detroit. I think that they 
They need to really, trade. They need to trade Blake Griffin. Probably they just got him, but they need to trade him. Yeah, he's the only reason they made the playoffs yep. last year. And he he fought his way to to even play a game. Like, I think you got. I, I'm not. I, you think the Jimmy effect is that real? Where it's gonna push Miami into the first? Well, seat? I mean, what like I said, if you got Depot out, is Orlando better than Miami with Jimmy? They got Markel Fultz back. I mean, and he's supposed, um, supposedly looking good. Right, too. That one fell flat. I mean, that was a joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Miami, Miami last year though, like they went into the last week, they're fighting for a playoff spot. Now they're adding Jimmy Butler, so like they're going to be better than they were last year. And last year they were four games under five hundred, so they can have that little bit of a boost. Uh, I get what you're saying with Chicago never really going anywhere with Jimmy, but like. He's a good player. He'll he'll make that team better, and if that team is a well, little Minnesota better, Minnesota didn't really get better he, with Jimmy. Yeah, but Miami got a hero now too. They do. Jimmy? Oh, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Tyler. Yeah. Well, yeah. We left out Tyler. But, um, yeah. All right. So, um, I think I think my excitement about the Hawks is one year ahead of where it'll show on the floor. Um, Cam Reddish, I think, was a pretty solid addition for them. Um, I like Alex Len. I think he has some game. Trey Young was was sick last year. I mean, Collins. John Collins. John Collins is a beast. Um, and they were just like they were really fun to watch, and they got better in the second half. They play hard every night. And they got every a great coach. Guy. Um, and Lloyd Pierce over there. To me, they're finally that team that can go and play hard, night in, night in, out, and like. The GM because they put that team together, they're gonna do well. Yeah. But I mean, let's look at it another way. Charlotte, Washington, Chicago, Cleveland, and New York are not making the playoffs. Hell no. All right, we can agree on that. Those five teams are not have pretty much the same eight. Yeah. So it's basically between Miami and Atlanta potentially jumping up and bumping out Orlando and Detroit. So we're looking at it. Or Brooklyn. Yeah. Or, or Brooklyn, or Brooklyn. All right, well, let's go, Let's get yeah. into our bold predict. Bold predictions. All right, well, I can kind of bold pig- prediction. I can kind of piggyback off of that because I got a couple. Uh, one of them is uh, I got Brooklyn not making the playoffs. Uh, a big factor in that is the Hawks, uh, and the uh, the even bolder prediction is I think uh, John Collins is going to be an, uh, a legitimate MVP candidate this year. Uh, he was. That in his is. second year, he took a jump up oh, to about hot 20 to. and 10. Uh, he's, he's explosive. Uh, he's he's a good scorer. Like, year Bob three, had to take his shirt off with that take. Year, year three is uh, a lot of times the, the year that players take a, a huge leap, and he's already done that from year one to year two. So if he does that again, he's going to have some, just, uh, some incredible numbers uh, with a team that – if they improve as much as I think they will, you're going to have to look at their best guy, which is probably going to be him, most likely, uh, as uh, as being a, a candidate for, for MVP. Adam? Um, you guys, so I consider bold prediction as something that I could, you know, I could feel confident putting my hat on as opposed to a hot take, which is just, to me is just utter, utter BS that we could just argue about. I got one of those coming later. Yeah, my hot <laughs> take is that, uh, I mean, my bold prediction is that the Celtics finish with their most wins in the Brad Steven ever this year. Plus 55. What did we get in 17, 18? 55. 55 okay. is a high. 55, 27. Jizzle, you got a bold take? 
My bull prediction, prediction, sorry. My bull prediction is that the Oklahoma City Thunder will be the eighth seed in the Western Conference. That's bold. Like, I think that they're in the similar situation that we were in. Like Chris Paul was going to be there, Isaiah Thomas. They didn't lose anybody besides Westbrook and Paul George. They kept all the rest of their pieces, and I think they're under the radar. They they're transitioning into a new era, and I think they can make some noise and get into the eighth seed. So, so you kind of lucked out when I had those uh, those Thunder tickets when you need to find another game for you. Yeah, nice. Nah, that worked out. All right, awesome. <laughs> I think the Thunder organization is probably smart enough to bow out at the right time. Trade Chris Paul, make sure they don't make the playoffs. I don't think they should make playoffs. I mean, if you well, they have all the picks anyway. Trade him to Miami, get rid of Gallinari, you go with the young guys, right. you make sure that you don't make playoffs, you keep stacking those picks. Right. They, they have no need. Yeah, they, they they got the picks, but they got to turn them into good picks. Like, that's a team that's not going to get better if they keep landing at you know ten in the draft. They gotta they gotta get up to the to the top of the draft. So my bold prediction is that Kemba averages eight assists a game. So you know previously he was scoring twenty five in Charlotte, probably like six assists close to it or something like that. I think his scoring goes down, and I think his assists go up. But it's tricky having Gordon in the fold because he's good at assists too. So, I mean, I don't know. But I want Kemba to average eight assists. I think that would bode well for all his teammates. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and Kemba for his career, I have it in front of me now, 5.5 for his career. He's been over six once. He was at 6.1 in 13-14. So that's a pretty big jump. But with the – got people have passed. Yeah, now. with the weapons he has around him, it's definitely plausible. Yeah. Uh. My bold prediction is I think a team not named Milwaukee will represent the East in the finals. So I'm taking the field. Okay. Um, part of that was going to be saying Philly doesn't get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Milwaukee, it's Milwaukee in the field right now. Well, people have Milwaukee and Philly in the field to, to some extent, but I think one of those other teams can emerge. Um, Make it to the finals. All right, that's my bold prediction. Um, hot take. I can I can pick you right off of that. Um, all right, if this happens, clip it because we're gonna wanna wanna push it. Uh, but most likely, kill it with fire. But uh, banner eighteen this year. Now, everyone's gonna say this is a Celtics podcast. Mm-hmm. Of course, this guy's a fucking homer. Mm-hmm. I'll ask all of you guys. Am I a homer? No, you're not. No, Actually, no. I was going to say, you're not <laughs> a homer. Right. Not, no. Okay, you're so not a homer. I've been talking myself into it, even over the last like even couple of days, hearing notes from camp, seeing this team, just looking at how the roster fits together, how many different options they're going to have late in games as needed, mm-hmm. uh, and how much the team seems to just have this whole different attitude, how they're all getting along, how they might, I think they'll all be able to buy in, and if someone has to take you know three or four fewer minutes, They'll be okay with that because the end result is they're going to be winning. They're going to be winning on their terms. So I think the whole team's going to buy in. I think Brad's going to figure it out. And I do have concerns at the four more so than the five. But I think that they, I think that they have the pieces to come out of the East. And then once you get to the finals, anything can happen. It happened last year. Uh, and there's, there's no super teams right now. I mean, the Clippers have, uh, have two maybe top ten players. But they're not as deep. The, the Lakers have, have two you know, top ten players, maybe top five players, depending on who you ask. But they're not deep. So 
the Celtics have that depth that can maybe help them overcome two teams that are just really top-loaded. So I think they can do it. Adam. <laughs> uh, so I could ask anyone around here, you guys, am I a homework? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my hot, take, my hot take of the year is that starting the – 2019-2020, well, starting the 2020-2021 season, Brad Stevens will be the head coach at Duke University. Oh. That is my, my hot take for the season. Um, reasons why I feel that way, I mean, we're hearing, like, the media ask small questions to Ainge here and there about, you know, how confident are you in Brad? You know, Ainge is saying all the right things, which, you know, at this point I agree with. I'm kind of giving Stevens a little pass for last year, especially after hearing that um, Mannix podcast with Gorman of how Kyrie just basically was a nuclear bomb in the locker room. Um, but, again, we're, we're talking about, you know, the coach of, the re- of a, a professional basketball team has a lot of responsibilities, one of them being consistent rotations, guys knowing what their roles are, you know, managing the locker room. I mean, those are three big things that we expect the head coach to do. And last year, whether it was his complete fault or not, that didn't happen. And I just want to see more of the old Brad Stevens that we had saw in the first couple of years of his Celtic career as opposed to, you know, last year, which, again, might not have been his fault, but he's so let's, let's, unpa- let's unpack that a little bit. Okay. So are you saying Brad says, fuck this, I'm out? Like, uh, I'm not, I don't want to deal with this fine. shit? Or Steven or Ainge is like, eh, I think Ainge, I think more so, different direction. I think more so, uh, it'll be more so on the Ainge part. Um, I, it has to be really bad for, I think, Steven to say I'm out. See, I think it has to. I mean, because Ames said the one problem, the one, the the one thing that was not the problem well, last Stevens. year was the coach, yeah. and that's not a vote of confidence. That's like right. So, so here, here's the thing with that though. Your bold prediction was the Celtics will be over 55 wins. Yep. If they're over 55 wins, Brad's back unless he says this Duke job is too good to turn down. And, and that is right. available. And is Coach K? Right, again, out of this, Coach I, K. Again, I mean, hey, I'm I mean, not, he's got to retire eventually, I'm, right? I'm not in tune with how shit's going on in Duke and stuff, but again, I said, you know, a bold prediction is like, something I want to put my hat on. I'd put my hat on. A hot take is just some BS that you could beat me up on. And Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That that makes sense as to why they don't line up. Yeah. Right. Love you, coach. Exactly. Love you, coach. Jizzle, uh, you got a hot take for us? My hot take is that the Denver Nuggets are going to win the title next year. Mm. They are so deep, they barely lost any... Look at this. 1 through 10. Jamal Murray. Gary Harris Jr., Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Nikolai Jojic is their starting lineup. Coming off the bench, you got Monty Morris, you got Beasley, they just added Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., who I thought was going to be Rookie of the Year last year, is healthy finally. He's going to play. And then they add Bull Bull. Yeah. And then they still got Torrey Craig, they still have Plumlee. Like, that's insane. 1 through 12. That's you want to talk about depth? That's a, that's a great team. And... And they're quiet too. Nobody they talks about them. They're top. They're Denver. Their 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 best player is uh, a big European fat guy, who is you look at him and you say this guy's not one of the best players in the NBA. But he's got and he is point guard vision. He is undoubtedly one of the best players in the league. Like he is a dominant big man, who's got a combination of the old school skills and and, and the new game. So I I love watching that dude play and. I gotta say that one of the most disappointing things I've seen is that picture of Jokic, who does not look like he was in the gym this season. Right. It looks like he, he does not look in shape at all. It could have been a bad angle. That's what he's always looked like. He's always been kind of. Nah, I look worse. 
You're talking about that. But he's never been. He's never been like you know. He's not Giannis. Don't get me wrong, but. He looked he's like he put on. Been, he looked like he put on weight. He's put never been. John he's Wall never weight. been cut. He's uh, he's got you know he's got an extra layer on him. But I, but he but he still moves. It's it's not a. He, he some look, people just don't have the body type. He looks like he put on weight. All right, maybe so he did. Before, I mean, I haven't seen that photo. So. Before there yeah, was take boogie a look at it. And Jokic came along, and before there was boogie and Embiid, like when Jokic was first coming on, and he was playing in, in uh, Denver with Nurkic, I just thought he was kind of like kind of fat, and I didn't want him on the Celtics. Like it. If the time came to trade for him, I, I didn't want him at the time, hmm. you know, because I just feel like guy like with a build like that, does, is his motor gonna be there? I don't know. Yeah, but also I mean when you look at a guy like Doncic, Luka Doncic, who's like not the most physically imposing guy as well, the skills are just, you know, he just has the skill set that's just ridiculous. My mind has definitely changed about Jokic over the few last few years, oh. but so yeah, what, what's your hot take, Trey? My hot take. Um, if I had to say something, it would be like, because the West is so crazy, I would say that the Clippers and the Lakers aren't the top two seeds in the West. That is hot. So an L.A. team will not be the number one seed? Will not be the number one seed, and they may not be the number two seed. So because, who, who do you I mean, got? All those teams are flawed. There's, there's a lot of teams. You got Utah. You got Denver. There's a lot of teams that could just come together, gel well, and have the most wins. Where I think you know, LA is incorporating both LA teams are incorporating new players. And you've got Paul George might be out a little bit. Um, I think the Clippers are far and away the number favorite one. Favorite they should be the they should be number one, but I would not be surprised if they did not finish number one. Does it does it really matter to them? I, I can see I can see what it, it doesn't matter to one them. One versus I, I two. Think. Uh, and uh, I can kind of see what Bob's saying with uh, with Denver. Like I can see Denver getting that one seed. There were two last year. Uh, the West has changed a ton, so I could I could definitely see them. They got a good home court advantage as well. Um, I mean, this is the year of the dynamic duos, and I don't know who's number two on Denver. Is it is it Jokic and Murray? I'd say so. Murray. Yeah, I'd say so. Speaking of dynamic duels, I, I kind of touched on this, but my, my hot take is that <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving never play a game together. That's my hot take. Um, that would be so That's my hot take. I, you know, like, Katie's going to sit out the season, and everything's all good. And, and Bob Ryan, who I respect, Mike Gorman sort of seconded this, that they think that there's no way this is Kyrie's last team in the NBA. Right. Like, he's going to play for two or three more teams. And those two personalities, Mr. Clapback, Katie, you know, Kyrie, who, who, who wears his emotions on his sleeve and really is not as introspective as he, as he thinks he is, those two seem like oil and water to me. Like, it's all good when you're not on the same team. But when you have those pressures of the NBA season, those expectations, and you're in New York... With that media, you worried about Golden State and all that, and people on Twitter, and you're going to be in New York, and Katie's not going to be there this year, which means all the pressure is going to be on Kyrie to prove that he wasn't the problem in Boston. Mm-hmm. And when he came to Boston, the pressure was to prove he wasn't the problem in Cleveland. And I gave LeBron a lot of shit. I put all that on LeBron, and I was, wasn't right. I don't know if I was wrong, but I was not right. So... Kyrie's going to have to be able to navigate an entire season as the guy 
on a team similar to the Celtics that had a culture, that had something going, that had guys who accomplished something without him. They didn't get to the Eastern Conference Finals without him, but they got to the playoffs without him. Um, we only won, you know, we won one game in the second round, so we didn't get much farther than the Nets. And you know how he said, you know, he's going to be the most patient guy about KD coming back next season. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 see in December, in January, in February, yeah. and. I, Kyrie, I don't know. The only way it works is if Kyrie ends up getting moved see, at the end see, of the season. See, I, I think uh, to your point that it's it's not your kind of smaller point of it's not going to work. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to work. I think this is something that can go spectacularly wrong yeah. uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, which I think we've covered in other shows. Uh, but uh, Does he have a no trade? It's really hard to imagine a scenario where they don't play a game together. Because even if this year goes wrong, Durant's back next year. They'll try out early. Maybe maybe they don't make it to the All-Star break together. Um, if they don't make the playoffs this year, which I might might have been your prediction. Yeah. If they don't make the playoffs this year, I think I it's going to get interesting. They're going to sweep it under I think the rug they, and blame it on KDVNL. Right. Nah, I, I agree. I think, that, I think that's what they do. Especially if they're teetering at that seven. They made game. it last year without KD. Right, they basically right. have the same team as last year, but replace uh, D'Angelo Russell with Kyrie. See, see, I and think add DeAndre they, Jordan. I think if they if they miss the playoffs, and I a agree, healthy Kyrie Levert. I, I agree with with uh, with Trey. They're going to say, "Well, our finished product has Kevin Durant." Now we we're we're, a, we're a fraction of of what our finished product is. So, uh, yeah, but you say, if they're the fifth seed, sixth seed, seventh seed, eighth seed, swept in the first round. I feel you. If they don't make the playoffs I next st- year, I still, I still think because they have that excuse to leave. Jeez, that's. I don't think anyone's gonna buy that. Oh, they don't, you don't have to buy it. Like uh, not making the playoffs. That trust means me, they'll try to use that excuse. They, that, that will be their excuse. They'll say because next year's. They'll see him as a scapegoat for having left Boston, and now it's haha, you didn't make the playoffs in Brooklyn. But they will still use the KD excuse. Yeah. Next year, they'll, they'll be like, next year's it. a new year. So, the next so year. KD coming off of Achilles, being out a year, is going to vault them from not even making the playoffs to what? But you have to temper your expectations, and you have to just move on to the next year. And, they, and then it's going to be okay to give KD a year. And I'm not saying it's going to... Then I feel like it'll turn into what you you're talking about. I think he'll be back by playoff time, mm-hmm. honestly. I've seen him even just on um, media right. day and it's stuff, and walking around, he's not on crutches, he's not in a boot. I think right. That hot take just reminds me about how hot it is in here. That's my hot take. I think I, I think this might be something we keep an eye on <laughs> during the season. Um, but we'll do some quick rapid fire over and unders before we okay. um, call it a day, you guys. Um, so the first one we have, Trey, what do we have for the first over and under? Uh, we have wins on the season for the Celtics. What's the what's the over under? So the over under is forty eight and a half wins. Over. 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 I'm going over as well. I got under, I got forty five. All right. Next one. The next one is playoff wins for the Celtics. What's the over under? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. So basically are they gonna get to the second round? Or get to the ECF. No, ECF. <sighs> Sorry, third round. Um I'm going with the over. 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 I, I kinda got I kinda got a back on big mouth uh, from a few minutes ago. So, so that over. means Milwaukee or Philly does not does make, not make the ECF. Yep. And I'm saying it's Philly. Um last but not least. All stars, one point five. For the Celtics. For the Celtics. Under. Over. Under. 
I got over. Under. I got over. Kemba and Tatum. 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 I think I, Tatum's gonna start the All Star game. I, yeah. I, 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 got, uh, I got over. With I the fan vote alone. I'll, I'll give you my reason for under. My reason for under is. Like they will have a couple of all-star worthy players. Maybe they may even have three. But as far as guys who actually get into the game, a lot of times the right guys don't get into that game. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys, so, people like like a Tatum, will have to have an all-star year so, first and then get into the all-star so game after. So besides Vince Carter, who else is there that? Vince Carter. I mean, I mean Penny. Don't, don't put him in the game. Oh, like like he'll get the. I uh, mean Penny Hardaway's probably gonna get in again. The right? commissioners <laughs> like Dark Dade. Yeah, yeah okay. like D Wade. So Kawhi's gone. He's in the. He's out west. Okay, Jimmy. Not and Jimmy's still here in the East. Katie's um, not gonna play. Um, he's not gonna like get on the team. I, I just don't see a scenario where two Celtics don't make the All Star team. I think Tatum has a chance if he can score twenty, like he said. You know, he plans so and and Simmons, we can probably book That's them. Yeah. Um, Kyrie, you can book him. Um, Beal. Beal. Beal will probably be there. You can book him. Kemba. The freak. That's my one. Oh, sorry, Freak. Freak. Giannis, Kemba. that's five. Uh, uh, Middleton's been there before, and they'll be the best team, so he'll probably be back. Drummond. Yeah. Drummond. Yeah. Maybe or Blake. Drummond or Siakam. Blake. I think one of them will go. Siakam will go. Uh, Oladipo probably won't come back in time. Um, Katie will be out. Aaron Jimmy. Gordon, maybe. Jimmy will make the Jimmy playoff, make the Easter All-Star yeah. game for sure. I think if the um, Hawks are as good as I expect, we're going to see either Trey or So we still haven't said Kemba yet. So we said... We said Kemba. No, well, we said Embiid, Simmons, um, Giannis. Giannis. Um, we had Beal. Beal. And there was another... Okay. Kyrie. Who was the fifth? Kyrie. Kyrie. That's five. Then we added... Siakam? S- no, Jimmy. 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 So now we're getting to Kemba. Mm-hmm. Kemba's gonna be an All Star. I think yeah. so. And then you got how many how many spots in All Star game? Ten 12, or 12? twelve. Twelve. So there's five guys left, and you're looking at Tatum, Siakam, um, Young, Bucevic, Trey Young, Trey Young, Trey Young, Collins, Bucevic, Collins, Collins, Vince Carter. Well, Vince Carter might be an extra spot. I think they do that. 13, yeah. Um, um, or so you guys sticking with the under? You you could be I'm going, going, I'm going over. over. I'm going over. over. I think if Tatum can put up the twenty points, you gotta you gotta play the part. So you can have the fan vote. You can put out all these commercials and stuff and have the backing. But Tatum, but to have the league support, you gotta have that twenty points. I Tatum will get more votes than Ben Simmons. I'll tell you that right now. I kind of went back. I'm kind of going. The reason I said under is I'm kind of going with Mark said that like how the league seems like it works is like the guy has to do it first and then and the, next the next year, year he'll get the reward of being in the game but that eliminates that eliminates anyone outside of the top seven I think like there's gonna be five first time all-stars this or, year yeah pretty much I think see Akum didn't make the all-star game last year did he I don't know I don't I don't see, didn't did, make the all-star game oh the depot made it but last, he's gonna last be hurt year, last year is probably see Akum's do it year yeah. now, he, now he's probably I think probably in mm-hmm. uh and uh, I don't see Tatum league-wide as having the popularity to be a guy who suddenly, on his first All-Star year, gets that. Tatum is, I think, I, a lot of I think I feel like, the, I feel like I think the fans vote sure. might override right. the production on the floor. I, I think Tatum does. It does, but I don't, I don't think he's, he's going to be a national fan vote guy. I think he is. I, 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 I think, think nationally, like, we live in Boston, so we watch him every night, but... 
the rest of the country, big NBA fans, they're very high on Tatum. Yeah. Very high on Tatum. Media, media, otherwise. Even even if you look at, like, you know, shoe deals and commercials and stuff yeah. like that. Like, Tatum's one of the most popular oh, yeah. young like guys. Like, the, the one leg sleeves, the newest yeah. thing, though. Yeah. yeah. Everything so, like, Kyrie last year, the media couldn't stop talking about the Celtics. So they're going to keep it going. And any anything that happens this year, and wherever this new group takes us, they're going to be reacting to every little thing. Yeah, I think so you can book Siakam. If Tatum has Tatum. a great start to the season, that will flow with the media talking about him, and that'll all go into the fan vote and everything I, like that. I'm not certain about Vucevic, even though he deserved it. I could see a guy like Collins mm. jumping him, Trey Young jumping him. See, um, see, I think Trey Young's the guy who's going to have the fan vote. Um, Trey Young, is his scoring average is going to increase a lot this year. I think so, like he's, He looks Over just Tatum? like Steph. I think so. I no one even I, I nationally. So. I think so. Oh, Tatum for his fan vote, not a better tell like, not necessarily like, player, but like just fan twenty. Like, like nationally, I feel, I feel like there's more, the there's more excitement around around him. Not even the team, but but him in particular. It is because he there's is a lot, lot of like Steph Curry. Exactly, man. that's what it is. He he looks like Steph Curry light. We didn't supposedly want to trade for Anthony Davis because we didn't want to give up Jason Tatum. So that's that's that's. Well, he wasn't committed. If Anthony Davis said, "Yo, right, trade for me, I'll sign four or five years." I'm just saying he's Jason very Tatum. important to us. That's the extent of the hype, and I think it is league wide. I don't think it's just here in the Celtics. Yeah, I think I, everybody is looking and to be put on notice when Jason Tatum. I got Trey Young on my fantasy team. I'm definitely a big Trey Young guy, but he plays in Atlanta. He plays for the Hawks. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see where he has the national. He'll get it. He'll get it this year, but I don't see where he has it yet. That's me. Um, the the overs have it. Um, that's the final ruling. All right, so we're we're buck twenty in. We're gonna wrap this podcast up. Um, the next time we hop on, I think we're gonna talk a little bit of fantasy basketball, and maybe slide in a little bit of who the hell are these guys part two because we know you want to hear more stories from us and more just random. Uh, random shit that'll just make you laugh. So be sure to tune in for episode five. Um, be sure again to rate, review, subscribe, like on all the various platforms that we're on. Um, again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Later. Peace. Peace. Later.